All right, kids, settle down. Settle down. It's time to get started for the rabble, day. Rabble, rabble. Uh, no, it's... That, yeah, okay, you can... We can talk about that after class, but for now, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to pick up where we left off with the life of Little Caesar. And uh, we're, we're in the early part of his life, in the early part of his uh, career as a little dictator. And uh, this is the story of when he was kidnapped by a band of little pirates, uh, the Illyrian Little Pirates. And uh, this is a very, very interesting story. Teacher, teacher. Yes. Yes, these yes, li- but- these little pirates were they like the kind of pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean, or were they more like Treasure Island? Uh, these were Illyrian pirates, so actually neither of those. So ten points off of your next test. Um, now to start the story, Little Caesar was endeavoring to invent the first pizza, and he could not get the recipe correct. So he traveled to Asia Minor, which now is Turkey. And he encountered on his travels Illyrian little pirates, who then kidnapped him. And he, Little Caesar, told the pirates that you can get 10,000 pounds of gold if you ransom me. And the little pirates laughed in his face. Sorry, teacher, if he was kidnapped by pirates, How's he gonna? How's he gonna get home for his bedtime? It doesn't make. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting question, uh, there, Billy. His parents it's, are gonna get mad. Well, that's the thing, Billy. Is his and why bed- didn't he call his parents on his cell phone? Now, one at a time. One at a time. I didn't see a hand. I didn't see a hand there, John. Okay, moving on. You know the rules. So to answer the bedtime question, he actually made his bedtime with the pirates. You see, the pirates were, the little pirates were impressed by the chutzpah of Little Caesar at this point. And they decided, even though he didn't seem like he was very much of a big boy at the time, they would ask for the 10,000 pounds of gold. And while they waited for their demands to be met, they gave Little Caesar a little bed on their little ship. And they would listen to him, Little Caesar, write and recite poetry. And they would sometimes tell him to shut up because they didn't like Oh, to teacher, I, yes. I can recite little poetry. There once was a man from Little Nantucket. I think I'm going to stop you right there. That is, that is not the kind of poem that we're going to be telling in this class. So every time that the little pirates would insult Little Caesar. Little Caesar would sort of laugh along and say, you know, when this is all over, I'm going to track you all down and have you crucified. So this isn't going to be a problem. And hey, the teacher. pirates... Yeah, what? Hey, teacher. Is, uh, is that just how they did it back then? They did it all Texas-style, bang-bang? Exactly. Exactly. This was a very Texas-style civilization. Now, the little pirates were unfazed. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for Dan to peter out. <laughs> the little pirates were unfazed. Uh, but after a few months of putting little Caesar up in his little bed, uh, they actually did receive 10,000 pounds of gold, and they returned little Caesar to his little family. And just as promised, little Caesar... Teacher, is the lesson here to hold people for ransom? No, the lesson here is to keep your word, because although it took Mm -hmm. another several years, Little Caesar did track down these pirates, and he did have them crucified, but he had them all stabbed before they suffered too much as a courtesy, because they were so nice to him. Teacher, I learned the wrong lesson. 
Well, that is often the case when you don't follow the rules. I like that. <laughs> what the hell was That's that? a good button. That's impressive. Okay. Dan, I, I like you got there's an entire YouTube channel in in the in the in the workings here. Like of you of you just you it like a hardcore history, but like with an ironic bent, like pretending <laughs> to talk specifically to children. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. And he had to go he had to go to, to bed without supper. And then they did it again. And again, every time, every time you said "little pirates," I was I was losing my mind. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> contribute because you were so focused on the concept of a little pirate. Yeah, it just I mean, the mind just conjures the image, you know. Like, and say what you will about this show, the notion of a little version, which is not just a small version. Can I be? No, it's comp- an alternate universe version where some events are canonical and done by the little person and some are attributed to the parent of the little person. But but, but the, the, the notion of a little person, like it's very much a Muppet Babies situation. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're familiar with this person grown up and, and now we're going we're gonna to shrank him <laughs> and make him cuddly and adorable in every way except the ways that matter it's mm. i don't know um <laughs> it's really something it's really something welcome to the carton cast my name is ben my name is zane and uh my name is dan little dan thanks for coming back you're all yeah. here i'm yeah. um, uh, the car happy to be here i think it's the word yeah that that's a good word i'm uh, honestly Carton-cast. just glad you showed up Mm-hmm. The Cartoncast has not updated its references to 2008, and you know what? They still work. <laughs> How about that sheep in the big city, though? <laughs> Alternative tagline. Tonight's episode, the one where the Cartoncast reminisces about the mid-2000s, but not the way they normally do. Hey. <laughs> I um I once ran a, uh, a D&D campaign, and I had a... Um, town of deep gnomes and each one of them got a different texas accent and their leader was just george bush and he would just laugh and laugh at all the code names he gave to the operations <laughs> like to clear the oozes out is operation ooze there hey <laughs> because he loves nicknames that's right and this is the podcast where we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults today we're talking about of course little bush little bush and for this event we have our History expert Dan Caves here for his annual tradition coming up around Thanksgiving. Someone who was probably looking at politics during the George Bush era, which I probably would have in, been interested in, but I was watching The Weekenders. Mm. And there you have it. The road less traveled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm not happy to have watched this show. But no. yeah, <laughs> um, Dan, real quick, ha- had you heard about the show? I had heard, like, literally just heard of it. I had never seen a single second of it. I'm pro- but yep. although I'm more for- more familiar with the live action and more timely, that's my Bush, which was also on Comedy Central, which oh, was geez, yeah. <laughs> that 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 was actually like, I, I think they did it until nine eleven. So like, it was very oh, okay. It was like very like. Like the jokes were more timely than the show in its complete form ever was. Mm-hmm. 
But and I, I had we heard we will talk about 9-11. Don't worry. I, yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to bury the lead gonna on come that up. one. <laughs> but, like, this is... Okay, so, Dan, to, uh, let me give you a little bit of context. Because this is a show that I was familiar with for long enough that it has been a frequent discussing topic on the podcast ever since we came up with the notion of a spite cast, which is where mm. one of us will offer as the medium of choice something that we know the other person is going to hate. And often, something that we know that we will hate. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the true Spike cast. I knew this would be a Spike cast. I brought it up because I had a firm understanding that this show existed, but never really... I didn't dive into it. I barely understood what it was. But I do remember becoming kind of attuned to political satire around this era, in every way except for this one, it was more subtle and, like, more engaging. And I just, I, I never really engaged with this form of political satire specifically. Um, that's the genesis of needing to talk about this show. Because I, I remember it, it happening, and there is a space for it in my brain. In, in that, like, politics, satire, humor, comedy. Like, there's a lot of adjoining areas. So I, I knew I had to talk about it, especially because it's not the only cartoon that is making fun of a Republican president. Um, there was later a show called Our Cartoon President, which is about Donald Trump and is generally the same thing, but has better writing because Comedy Central figured it out. But that's that's the reason I, I'm bringing it to, to you today. I want you to understand... I had no notion that this show would be good uh, it's, for it's anyone. It's just fascinating that it existed at all. Yeah. I agree. And we couldn't talk about South Park, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, the fact that this show exists is kind of funny. Like, it, and it, and I, I think we can't avoid talking about when it came out. The show, yes. what, did it, it debuted in like 2007, so like foregone conclusion that this was all coming to an end and yeah but also like trying to cram in (laughs) seven years of jokes like seven years years of of things to to talk about just a simmering resentment against our government (laughs) yeah it was it was kind of a um a festivus of sorts right Mm -hmm. like this was the airing of grievances at the tail end of the bush administration i will also say the fact that um i want to bring to mind the demographics at the time. John Stewart joined The Daily Show in 1999. I, I think it's not too much to say that that was the on-road for a lot of people to get in, engaged with politics in some way, shape, or form. And also, let me let me put in mind that Comedy Central is, is not a cartoon syndication network. It's not yeah. Cartoon Network. It's not Nick. It's not any of those that their main bread and butter is cartoons and they've had a history of doing cartoons for two decades. Cartoons are new to comedy comedy central at this time, Mm -hmm. at least new enough that they're doing shit like crank anchors and drawn together. (laughs) Okay. So, right. So they knew that the market was there because of Jon Stewart and they knew that cartoons were there because their audience 
were kids who grew up with cartoons who are now watching Jon Stewart. So, like, yeah. all the pieces were there, and they had to, yeah. like, create scaffolding rather quickly. So not only are they trying to cram things in before the end of the Bush administration, they're also making up for lost time because they don't have the track. Yeah. Other than South Park. I mean, they had South Park. South Park is is kind of its own... That's it. It's its own ecosystem, right? Yeah. 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 But they, uh, there are a key number of similarities to South Park, so we'll definitely we'll definitely touch on that. But yeah, um, but in terms of um, how this came to be, so little little Bush, and I'm I'm I've never known where to put the apostrophe in Lil, and it's shocking it's to me that end. it's at the end. <laughs> Apparently, it's at the end. Yeah. It shouldn't. It seems like it shouldn't be. Anyway, little Bush little, ran. The Lil has the Bush. It's the possessive. Oh, of course. Lil yeah. Bush um, ran on Comedy Central from 2007 to 2008 and was not renewed because George W. Bush somehow was unable to win a third term. Um, yeah, I, I found that little <laughs> snippet on Wikipedia. Oh, we, we, we couldn't renew the show because Barack Obama won. Like, it, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's like. It's that like that that that's such a that's such a scapegoat for, for like, what did you think was going to, to happen? Yeah. What's that? Well, here's the thing. Oh. So it was it was produced by Amped Mobile and Sugar Shack Animation, which which formed to make it, and it was originally an animated short series made specifically for the mobile phone service in 2004. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Can, either. can I say as just an icon, Lil Bush? I don't hate. Like, oh yeah, I I kind of like the Muppet Baby version of George Bush. It, like you get a sticker on the back of your phone when you buy it, and you can peel it off, but it's pretty resilient if you don't wanna. <laughs> I kind of enjoy. I kind of enjoy the way he looks and like maneuvers. Like I, yeah. I don't think any of his surrounding there, there's there's nothing more to it than like this guy should be on a bumper sticker. But like yeah, I don't know. The, the image of the little Bush kind of works on me. Um, yeah, and it was created by Donick Carey. And so, yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning where we were as a country in 2007, because so in the aftermath of 9-11 and a couple of wars and, you know, various election scandals. Katrina. But Katrina was in there. Katrina was in there, of course. Yes. Um, so, so by 2006, 2007, there was this this sense that like we just kind of have to ride this out. We weren't quite into the Great Recession where it's like, oh, this is an emergency. It was just like we know he's gone. We know the people. We we're almost positive there's going to be like a Democratic, you know, tidal wave. Just kind of wait it out until the adults are back in the room. What's and the worst a, that could happen by humoring him? It, What's it, the it, worst that could happen? It's so <laughs> weird looking back from 2023 where, like, there are daily hour-long explainers on every topic talking about the systems in place and the people pulling the strings. All we had was Jon Stewart was doing silly voices. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And, like, that matters for uh, a, a politically engaged, you know, youth culture, um, their perception of things. Yeah, it can I also say the tone of this piece which is is um something that I I took irritation with is not kind of an omniscient satire like it's it's not clever like a political cartoon. It's not like a surgical precision scalpel to get at the joke. It is yeah. it is a howitzer missile 
at <laughs> specifically Republican politicians. But it's not even that. It's it's more directed, and I think this is where it's really close to South Park, is the humor seems derived from targeting the pearl-clutching, like, Democrats who recognize that the Bush, Bush administration was kind of, like, really fundamentally on unflattering but couldn't bring themselves to criticize the political process i think what we're seeing is a generation of people who are getting used to the notion that you can just straight up hate the other side and there's no it took a while um, to get there there's no yeah it just took a while to get there it took a john stewart to kind of get us to like really engage with that sort of vitriol but um I felt very pandered to because, like, all the jokes are, like, the Republicans are evil, man. And, like, I happen to think that they're usually evil. But but the the fact that they're telling jokes such that there is so little chill makes me think that the actual joke is on the pearl-clutching libs. That's that's my take. That's oh, my in, take the, in the way this. that Colbert was? Uh, no, because Colbert had, had, he had the grace to... He had the grace to kind of to to put on airs of civility. This doesn't. This removes the airs mm. of civility. I'm remembering. I'm, uh, this is why it reminds me of South Park. Is because a lot of the jokes in South Park are all crass for the sake of showing the people who think that you have to be civil that they're idiots. Mm-hmm. And that's not a that's that's not something I necessarily agree or disagree with, but that does come across pretty consistently in South Park's messaging is you're an idiot if you think there are norms and they should be upheld, more or less. Uh that is a lot of what I feel with Lil Bush. The um the thing that, that might I'm, just be me. That might well, just the, be me. The the connective tissue between South Park and Lil Bush is um you could write a scathing satire of these issues or, or these people, or you could throw every reference and thing that is, that could be criticized into a joke cannon. And it, it, it lacks a focus. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's much more like, Hey, remember this than it is. We're making fun of this thing. Like, like the criticism is there, but it's just unfocused it's, and it, yeah. it's much more apparent now than then I think. Um, but Dan, Dan, yeah, what what do you, what's your take on this as a whole? Yeah, and and if you don't mind, can can I also ask like, you probably have a broader base of understanding political satire than we do, and I wouldn't mind hearing how you think this kind of how this intersects with like some more traditional notions of political satire, like cartoons, car, like comic cartoons or whatever. Um, I mean, I. <sighs> I'm sorry. You should you no. should give your overview first. Zane, Zane asked a question, and then I just rampaged over it. I apologize. No, that's fine. I actually that I, I agree with most of what's been said. The thought that was running through my head throughout watching this is like this has all of the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Like mm-hmm. it, it is mm-hmm. not it, it does not hide the ball of where it's coming from. Um, and yeah, it did seem very and part of, I think a part of it, like. It did seem unfocused, and it did seem just kind of remember when. That could just be a function of the fact that a lot of the things that they are criticizing in their satire was already, like, years old by the time they mm. got around to the show. Like, yeah. <laughs> The fact that Condoleezza Rice is, like, a main 
core cast member blows my fucking mind. <laughs> well, Rumsfeld wasn't even the Secretary of Defense when this came out. I at least remember his name. <laughs> like, yeah, he it, was kind of like, important. I he don't wasn't know. even a member. Of, like, he wasn't even a member of the the administration when the little Bush show came out. But like, um, you know, something that I've been thinking about more and more as we've been having this discussion is, it's almost like this show, kind of getting back to the idea of, um, you know, people, kind of rejecting the idea of that decorum that the Democrats mm. had around the, the process of that. It's like they could, they could di- criticize the administration, but they kind of had to stand up for the, the process that made it happen. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's almost like this show was kind of, if you're familiar with the idea of psychodrama, it's, it's a therapeutic technique where basically you're asked process the trauma by acting it out. Hmm. And it's like this is kind that, of like that, that is what this feels a very like. because crude, at the time it was yeah sorry, go ahead that, like a very crude like the opposition that wasn't part of the part of the political establishment basically acting out like where did the administration touch you on the like yeah. <laughs> you know like, they're mean, they're it, really like just like letting it ha- like letting us have it with you know the the, the just the problems that they have had with the actions of the administration in their eyes. And it's like, they're kind of begging the question. They're, they're kind of leading the witness here. They're saying, we know you hate all of this. We know you hate all these people and everyone involved in this administration. We're going to pander to you mercilessly. Right. And with, with, with no, with no room for subtlety or, or deliberation. Like we, we know that you hate them. We're going to tell you that you're right to hate them. End of story. But it's not hate the way it is in modern political discourse where you actually, like, the the assumption today for any politically engaged person on any side is the other side is evil. And at the time, the, the common joke question was, well, are they stupid or evil? And I think for a lot of people, they really needed it to be that they're stupid because the idea that evil people were in charge for this long and we just didn't do anything about it was really troubling to the american psyche (laughs) because like i don't know that's not really how it's supposed to work (laughs) what is the what is the youtuber i think it's like innuendo studios ethan oh that guy yeah and what and ethan and i watched a lot of it it's like they he has a um a series of youtubes called the alt-right playbook Mm -hmm. and one of them is all about how they're able to how how the right is able to kind of um, is is able to use these kind of hard methods of authoritarianism and like pervert the system of justice that we have while cleaving to the rules because of this understood notion that all Democrats, all liberals want to believe that the system itself, yeah. if you just cleave to the system hard enough, justice will come out of the other side. It doesn't matter what you throw into one side, justice comes out the other side. And I I, I am feeling a lot of, like, a lot of vitriol toward that notion in in properties like Lil Bush or just, like, sort of the, the big reference machines that pander to the left. That, that I don't know. It's, it, yeah. it's tricky because, like, John Stewart was the first, but even within The Daily Show, you could see, like, they 
the Daily Show kind of ratcheted up the um, the vitriol over time, like or or at least like pulled away some of the guardrails over time. Like I I you could probably you could probably um, chart the severity of swear words that Jon Stewart was allowed to say like by the year, <laughs> you know. Like right. clusterfuck to the White House wasn't always there. That was that was extant. <laughs> that took after time to develop. Yeah, it took time, right? Yeah, I, and I think you know when you are making a um, <clears throat> property like this that runs on network television, that has advertisers around it, you can't deviate much from the mainstream political opinion. Nowadays, there are mm. niche, you know, niche YouTube channels that that can broadcast to a wide section of. A particular slice of the demographic and so it's just a lot easier to be radicalized or, or have a position outside of what you know would be considered the mainstream and at the time this was as biting as mainstream commentary could get which is they're they're stupid and reckless and occasionally evil and man doesn't it feel good to laugh about it yeah it was about yeah. as far as it got <laughs> yeah and like comedy central in the early thousands was probably the best place for partisan hackery, you know, mm. a long-standing tradition of stand-up comedians. Very few stand-up comedians who get really successful on that stage tend to be right-wingers. Um, but <laughs> you know, the, Comedy Central has a definite demographic bent. So if there was going to be a show that was as partisan as the YouTuber spaces that you've talked about saying, it would be at comedy central they would be the people who could do it yeah there are other political ideology shows that were kind of around in other networks i'm thinking specifically of things like rocco's modern life or cat dog like mm. it, it's yeah, that, more that, about that like had, it's they have less messages that partisan. actually resonate a lot more with no the, 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 more the, the modern hum- mainstream approach it's more human messages it's less specific references like it Cat Dog was all about like the, the the trouble of modern living as a marginalized community and how the red tape only serves to hurt you know mm. the the man on the street or what have you. Um, Rocco's Modern Life that times ten like there's yeah and and there's a way for any given person to watch a Rocco's Modern Life and feel and say seen I feel yeah. seen. That the, is not true here. Well, that's the, more time. That's yeah. more timeless because it's not about yeah. a specific set of people who were. Yeah. It's about a specific, specific technological dated. era. It's about the system that is kind yeah. of always there, and not about like, hey, remember how bad George Bush was, like <laughs> on this yeah. specific issue, and and just before. Um, I love before your caricature away. of a guy who worked on Lil Bush. By the way. <laughs> Uh, before we move into the specifics of it, I do want to say, yeah, the mid-2000s Comedy Central was the place for pointing and laughing at someone else's hypocrisy back in an era when shame did something. Yes. That was not just more feed for the but, for the trough. <laughs> but but shame was for the um was for the center, right? It was just shame. kind of for everyone. Well, yeah, everyone was invited to shame. <laughs> Zane, I've been at a Jewish potluck before. I are you going to be late for the two minutes shame? Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, this this was more fringe. Like shame was for everyone else. Shame shame in politics was for everyone else. This was for 
the far left who had given up the notion that you should feel shame about your positions. So Lil Bush, um, the, the broad conceit is, uh, as you said, these are, these are figures in the Bush administration, uh, W Bush, W dubs, as he's called by, Mm -hmm. uh, many people at the time. Um, everyone says so. They're all children of some age and it's, explicitly said that this is meant to take place in what was in the present day in an alternate timeline where George H.W. Bush is still president. Um, It's, it's, it's it's really hard to parse what they decided to make canon and what they don't. This is bad Zane. This is beneath you. (laughs) Tell me about what's beneath me. Zane, the, I, I'm looking. I'm looking for evidence and facts again, aren't I? If, if there's I'm thinking any with my show, mind brain. If yeah, you, you don't look. Don't look at it with your mind brain. If there's any show that does not deserve our, you know, yeah, or the Carton cast, we think that Lionel was the killer on, you know, right. Thundercat Planet. <laughs> like, if there's any show that does not deserve our microscope on this, it is here. They didn't mm-hmm. care about giving an explanation we shouldn't care about hearing it let's just... start let's start at little bush and his friends <laughs> this is like the world's first high school au right yeah <laughs> the, the little bush and his friends they're in an elementary school they all wear suits they're creepy as hell <laughs> they all look like <laughs> muppets slash south park characters they are creepy yeah and they follow plots that vaguely resemble hot button issues slash crises in the Bush administration. Yeah, punched up with a bunch of terrible jokes, uh, also referencing things in the Bush administration. And then there's a musical interlude at some point where in Will yeah. Bush and the gang, uh, put, make 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 up a bad song about said bad references about said bad administration can, can, can i give an example uh for the listener so there's an episode called katrina and in this episode they go to new orleans to deal with the after effects of of hurricane katrina however at the beginning of the episode Lil bush and his friends are playing a kid's game called katrina where they basically just trash and like get water all over the living room so that's the through line do, do you see the disdain that that joke has for the pearl-clutching liberal, by the way? It kind of has disdain for everyone. I don't, I well, don't know who's on the granted. right side of that joke. <laughs> I, I just, I can't help but see that as, a, like, I was watching the first episode where they go to a rock and it's um, a hellscape and they keep on pointing it and say, hey, what a shithole and everything's terrible. Um and like there are jokes there, but who gives a shit? Like the 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 bottom line is we're looking at a rock and it's it's a horrible blasted hellscape. Um, I I can't help but feel like that is a directed, like, rub your nose in it to a very particular type of leftist. I don't know. Um, I'm going back to the same point again. I apologize. Forget I mean, it. It, it, it it's only point for being on the show is. Look at how much George W. Bush fucked up Iraq. Look at it. Just look at it. <laughs> you can't. You can't say that this was just a like. You can't. You, you can't justify this. An and it's like, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> what? Why do we need? And and like, yeah, like we knew. And <laughs> like, yeah, where do you go? With that? <laughs> there's got to be. There's got to be an and there, or else I, I don't know 
what you're doing other than telling me that I'm right for having political opinions that are correct. Like, exactly. There's got to be there's got to be something else to go there. Yeah, but um, there's not. Okay. Uh, now, Zane, <laughs> frequently, <laughs> if you if you would believe it, uh, twenty twenty three minutes is too long for recounting <laughs> one of the major Bush administration catastrophes. So sure. we got we got to punch it up with a musical number and a B plot. Yes, yeah, so there's uh, B plots were pretty slim from my recollection, but the musical, you know, uh, a musical number every episode flowed better than it could have. <laughs> I actually ended up enjoying the musical references and I I was struggling to think of why I enjoyed them. Cuz uh-huh. like they are still just references. They're not political references. But, like, they behave like some sort of band. I think it's because yeah. you watched um, Schoolhouse Rock recently. I'm not going to discount the possibility that I was just <laughs> thinking about Sheldon. <laughs> Jack Sheldon. Um, I, I, But it's just, it's still just a reference. It's just a reference that doesn't make me feel pandered to. It's just like, eh, we're going to pretend to be Guns N' Roses. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's this headband. Great. Dude, do your fucking thing. And it's a bad song. Yeah. I don't expect a good song. Um, now we're okay, going to pretend that we're you guys... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, and, like, honestly, like, pull the mind back from this specific property. The notion of dressing up a cartoon child version of George W. Bush as Ace Freely is is fucking gorgeous like i want to i would there's if you didn't have the specific property of little bush you would want to see that that is a funny thing to imagine yeah when you take away the bush of it all you actually kind of still have a show here like you would lose a lot of the specific references and stuff like that but like this little guy and his friends getting into antics that have huge real world ramifications is kind of funny (laughs) it's kind of funny i wouldn't say you still have a show because the skeleton of the show is still the bush references you know sometimes you say you can take this stuff away but you still have like the skeleton of it Mm -hmm. this is more like the the, like the lymphatic system is still here if you take the bush of it all away you you like okay i can see what the design what the engineer was thinking Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but, but what but I mean it is, is going to need it's going to need a Wetworks upgrade. This so it's not going to cut it. So here's here's I guess what I mean. So in the Katrina episode, uh, they go down to New Orleans and they're overseeing uh, the the FEMA aid being handed out, uh, and they meet up with some you know top dollar contributors and they help them like build a treehouse that's above the water level. Like it's it's clearly you know uh, lambasting the response. Sure. But you also just have like a group of kids with access to far too much money and tanks making a big Mardi Gras of tanks like shooting at windows in the middle of the night and then like ramming into the levees and flooding the town. Like that part of it, the like little kids with too much power causing uh, chaos, that's not so dissimilar from other like babies style shows. It's just a different scale. Can I also say, I think that the specificity of we're actually dealing with New Orleans as opposed to having some weird analog. I remember there was an episode of South Park wherein um, someone broke a dam 
and mm-hmm. it caused a flood in South Park. This was on the tails of Katrina. So similar conceit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, you still had all of the South Park characters, which are like kind of well established now. So like they didn't have to invent much. But I remember this one specific line where like Stan is like, is anyone going to help those people out? And the dad says something like, that's not important right now. What's important is to figure out whose fault it is. <laughs> right. I guess that's and what that's I mean. When real, you take it out the specifics, you're left good, with South Park. <laughs> that's a very good joke. Yeah. Like, like if, it's if you just remove it from the immediacy of the actual tragedy, mm-hmm. like if you can put the kid gloves on, if you can get it, like a, establish a good buffer there. But if you're dealing with the specificity of actual George Bush, little though he may be, you you you, you <laughs> lose you lose that ability to tell that kind of joke yeah yeah and also just like societally this was when you could make jokes about tragedies that just happened like you it would have been like what 20 years after people made after jfk for people to start making jokes about that i don't know i think i think it's a scale of joke like we're still not that cool with like 9-11 jokes you know like that's still kind of off limits even for who we even even for Comedy Central, I don't know. It's just like as a as as individual people who joke about it on the reg. I'm not joking about you it. You and I'm, I'm letting people know how it impacted the evolution of cartoons <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I don't know what it's this relevant. joke counts as, but I feel like we're both sinners. Like how soon how soon after the actual event was the joke told? Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know. <laughs> Hundred years, hundred fifty. Yeah, it, it's it's. Yeah, it is. It is sort of, it's sort of an afterthought there. Yeah. Um, like, and and you're right. Like, there's a certain amount of polishing a turd that is. It's at just, the end of the it, day, it's a, still a turd. You know, like it's, it's the thing that we see with Adult Swim a lot, which is they are just throwing a bunch of references and jokes, and because a lot of these things are based on real world events that just happened you're gonna get a lot of like foot in your mouth moments or cringe moments but you you do get some good jokes as well and i think that's the ratio that they recognized and were comfortable with i suppose so it it still feels like there's i think we're talking about two separate axes like the the axis of does the joke work Mm -hmm. and the axis of how um how how ethically how 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 morally okay is it to tell this joke right okay, yeah so uh, I, I think they're, they're just different acts I, and like i liked a lot of the jokes i'll be i'll be honest oh, i was kind of into the show give, if you're gonna if you're gonna drop a bomb like that you have to set give your examples zane no i don't, I don't know i just thought it was, i thought it was charming <laughs> thought they were doing funny things i think that the characters themselves are kind of charming like let me let's go through them real quick such as they are <clears throat> Lil Bush, I, I'm not going to apologize for this. I think he's cute. I think that this little <laughs> motherfucker is cute as hell. I, I Watching him bumble around with this kind of like squint, like he can't make out like complex shapes. I find that incredibly endearing. Um, and and like that was true of, of the man as well, right? He had this charisma and folksiness yes. in, in his in his inability to seem like a coherent person. 
The fact that the left could so consistently make fun of George Bush at that time was probably in part because he was a very non-threatening character. Like, policy aside, he, he doesn't look like a like someone who's going to ruin your Thanksgiving, you know? Like, he, he, that was, he looks That was okay. what they said, right? You could have a beer with him. Yeah, right. Ben, I remember on your bedroom wall growing up, you did have a poster of a bunch of Bushisms, and I'm reading those, and I'm like, <laughs> these are hilarious, actually. <laughs> like, if, a, if Mitch Hedberg said any of these, I'd believe it. Oh, I mean, like, um, I remember a... Um... Mike Birbiglia joke about George Bush. Mm-hmm. I remember Patton Oswalt jokes about George Bush. Like the 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 comedy. I think this is more revealing the genesis of this on Comedy Central is just like they're getting a lot of their their inspiration from the same kind of crowds that produce stand up. Like, mm-hmm. and stand up really benefits from being in the moment and very specific. So, can I, can I, I, I gotta say this. I, I, I have a B plot that I, I gotta get out of my brain. I gotta <laughs> bring it to you guys so that you guys can help me parse it. So, I don't remember what the main plot is. Because they're completely arbitrary. The B plot is that, um, Laura Bush is cockthirsty. And Barbara. Oh, Barbara, I apologize. Maybe Laura, too. I, I didn't watch the second Laura season. was a little kid in this context. That means very little in the scope of this show. Very little. But, and and, uh, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a point of reference for that. Barbara, she's cockthirsty. She's got the CT. And so she... Listen, Zane, just give me a minute. <laughs> Let the man cook. It's just really difficult <laughs> when I try to slang it up. Let him speak. Let him speak. Because, because Barbara Bush... <laughs> man because on the sh- Stop censoring him. Barbara Bush is a hoe on this uh, on the show. On the show, I'm not saying that generally. There it is. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that generally, but on the show, it's I, part I, of the character. I actually really like how George W. Like H. W. Bush is just like constantly so tired of dealing with her libido and just like I want to be an old man. I want to be. <laughs> I want to go to my study. I want to go like whittle. I do love H.W.'s characterization as the whitest man who's ever lived. Yeah. It's pretty good. Deep addiction um, to saltines. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay, so she's got the CTs bad, and they decide to do a, um, what's the, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you? What's that referencing? Help me out. Oh, The Graduate. Thank you. They're doing ben, a The, the graduate. graduate. Yeah. They're doing a The Graduate. But with Barbara and uh, Lil Cheney, <laughs> whom, if you remember from the plots here, like we're talking about grade schoolers, but also not really. In any case, they have a tryst, and right. he ends up in inside her. her. Yeah, but not her womb, though, Zane. Right, just yeah, in the general body di- cavity. Digest just in the body cavity somewhere. Somewhere. And then, they, and then they need to remove him, and it's an abortion oh, you metaphor. Re- you remember this B-plot. But Good. it's not a metaphor, because they do go to an abortion clinic. Yeah, like... Yeah, well, like, what, what, this what show I, constantly forgets what's metaphor and what are, what's what literal. Should I, what should I do with that B-plot, Zane? What do I do with it? I mean, it... it, it the, the, the content... It's just getting you... To the point where you can point and laugh at hypocrisy. That that's all that's for. 
But the B-plot is so much not hypocrisy. It's so much, we're trying to have a sitcom here. You know? Like, the B-plots all feel like we're doing a sitcom now. The A-plots are all hypocrisy and references. B-plots feel like... What? We yeah, kind of want to be Family Guy for a second. In Katrina, they, they you know, we, we focus on Lil Bush in New Orleans, and the B plot is, H, like they, they the 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 parents they owe a lot of money that they can't pay back, and they need to you know sell the house or come up with a lot of money. Like yeah, it is that's, it is just a sitcom on top. That's of just it. a Simpsons. Like <laughs> I, I, I challenge you, Dan. Can you think of a B plot that happened in this show that couldn't have been a Simpsons? <laughs> no no honestly it's they do kind of try to bring the mundane into it like that but it's still but still in a way to try to make it like a political bite because it's not just that they can't pay their mortgage it's the white house they can't pay the mortgage on the white house and so they have to like start trying yeah to sell. it's like yeah okay okay mortgage on the white house comedy gold that's a great idea. <laughs> that's very funny. can i just say like there are good ideas in this the execution is horrible but like right yeah the idea that they have to pay pay the mortgage down on the white house is really good <laughs> and like the the other stuff where they are kind of trying to combine the like ou sitcom thing with specific reference where george bush rather than um clean up you know the living room just unfurls a banner that says chores accomplished like that worked on me because <laughs> <laughs> really I good. I got the reference, but I yeah. also liked the just the idea that you could just paper over this with like a good banner. <laughs> I, I would and argue then, <laughs> that they don't always marry the two sides of this that well. When they called him out on it, he like gestured for somebody to to get rid of another banner that said "banner accomplished." <laughs> 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 All right, that's thing is. We're still Comedy Central. They have good writers. I know they right. do. So right. a couple of them must have wandered in every so often to the writer's room. There but are yeah, it, it, there, there are some B-plots that I think do... Like, they, they, they easily... Like, the, the concept of them could happen on any other sitcom, but they do kind of tie it into the real-world satire of it all. Like... I was like, I, I, it's fresh in my mind because I was finishing the show up before we started. Uh, the 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 episode where hold up, finishing it up. What do you mean? Just like watching the last few episodes that I had left to go. Um, what? Dan, Dan. What? Dan, don't what? don't tell me you watch this whole episode. Don't tell me you watch this whole show. My heart is breaking for you, Dan. Anyway, the episode where... <laughs> he, where he had to know. He had to see. It's like watching a Saw movie. <laughs> the one where Little Bush has a rivalry with Little Putin. Pooty Poot, as he calls him. <laughs> I love the Lils that aren't just Lil. The B-plot is the rest of the little politicians are assigned the take care of a watermelon like it's a baby B-plot. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dick I, Ch- and, and Little Cheney... Oh. Gets assigned a watermelon with little Nancy Pelosi for some reason. And Damn, I mean, I'm back in Saved by the Bell now. But, what are you doing? But, but the tie-in is that they discover that the watermelon is a lesbian. Just like one okay. of Dick Cheney's actual daughters. Daughters, right. And so God it's like it. he's coming to terms with that fact. But then they still... God damn it, that's so good. But then they but then they 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 bring it home by having little Cheney 
nuke San Francisco for yeah. all of the like you know pro Reasons. like pro LGBT <laughs> activism that it's known for because right. rah 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 not my family rah 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 yeah that's right. how little Cheney talks he, he talks like a the penguin I don't know yeah like 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 <laughs> penguin but he's got also that um that unintelligible but everyone on on the cast can understand him kind of thing he talks like helper yeah. honestly some of the yeah. best like chuckles i got were like they came from the crazy shit that little chaney would say like right because he's not tied down to being an actual character he's just like what you can use to deliver a punchline yeah and like a, a punchline of pure evil like there's one point i forget yeah. exactly what was going on um Little Cheney was proud of some, like everybody was proud of something that Little Cheney did, and so was he. And so he said, "Ra ra ra, Cheney Cheney snack." And little Bush just throws him a live mouse that he just eats whole. <laughs> ra ra ra, yeah. Cheney snack. <laughs> like just like eating a live living creature because he's so evil. Yeah, that's a that's and an like, ongoing joke with him too. And so like that's a that's a great picture of what the discourse was like at the time yeah where yes we all agree he's an evil like mastermind puppet master guy no one ever mentions specific things no, he does they just say because that, that would that evil. would indict the system as well right <laughs> well and because like it's a reflection of what they assume the democratic viewership is gonna laugh at it's a reflect like that's why they don't give Condi a character, because no one knows what the fuck Condi that Lisa Rice was doing at the time. No one remembers. Right. She was like, and so you go like, and look there, up. there's nothing to criticize. There's nothing to make fun of. They need to be specific references that the viewers will know. That they already and know, just, yeah. Some of them are, some of them just, like, Con, Lil Condi and Lil Rummy, like, they, they just, we, we don't got enough, there's, there's not enough in the tank. Yeah, like, Lil Condi is... Because she was probably one of the least offensive people in that administration. She is cast as, like, the voice of reason straight person yeah. who's constantly yeah. trying to keep everyone grounded. Will Rummy? I don't know what's going on with Will Rummy. Like, his only joke is that he is... His dad beat constant, Yes, constantly <laughs> abused physically and emotionally by his father. Like, child abuse. Right. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah, just just, right. gen, just gen, generic child abuse. Again, it was also Comedy maybe Central. not children because one of them fucked Barbara Bush. I right. don't know. Yeah, so so these characters, you know, the focus is almost always on Lil Bush, and everybody else is just kind of enabling his plotline. Lil Condi, as you say, voice merciful. of reason. And you look at the Wikipedia page of the actual person because I didn't know anything about her, and like, oh, it's not qualitatively different from anybody else's in the administration, <laughs> and then. Lil Rummy, this is the weirdest one because, like, even at the time, Donald Rumsfeld was being raked over the coals for just how hawkish and brutal he was in everything he did. And here he's, like, the smart guy, like, who, who, like, actually thinks through things and kind of knows things. And he's, like, kind of more measured. It's like they they forgot. He hasn't an adult man's voice because he's voiced by Iggy Pop. I don't know what to make of that, Zane. I don't either. It's almost like they kind of forgot, like what Donald yeah, Rumsfeld like, did. Yeah, <laughs> they had two seasons to make fun of Donald Rumsfeld, and the Boondocks did it better in one episode. Yeah, remind me what the Boondocks did. 
they had the character like uh, Rummy, like that was his like nickname, and he was just like quoting Donald Rumsfeld, like the known unknowns, the unknown unknowns, and ju- using it to justify oh, like hitting people was? in the street. Yeah. Oh geez, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uncle Ruckus must have papered it all over, man. Yeah, let me cue the clip. We uh, we've used it enough, I think. <laughs> Can we? Um, just because we're on the characters. Are there any political port- are there any references that kind of worked on you better? Like like were there any just like home runs as far as like this is a good depiction or this is a good interpretation in the animation space of this person? Dan, you go first cuz I actually have a lot to say here. Oh, I'll I'll have to think about that for a second. Um I also have one specific one that brought a smile to my face every time. Well, I mean, for me, H.W. was always comedy gold, like, as just a sitcom father, where, like, the kids are sleeping over for, for, like, a Scooby-Doo-esque kind of thing, and he says, you know, well, it's 6.30, I could do about 10 minutes of the wheel, after that, the only vowels I'm buying are Z's. (laughs) That's so fucking cute. (laughs) Right? Like, he's he's adorable in this. And it's not like there is, like, a understood... Like HW is a huge idiot amongst the viewership. Like they're no, just, like... they're just. It's just that the viewership is like, I know what a sitcom dad looks like. Give me one. Yes, yes. They f- they fill in the audience's assumed lack of knowledge with just sitcom plots. <laughs> there's two types of characters in this. It seems like there's there's characters where like the joke is the character, and then there's the type of character which is we need a sitcom character for this role, and we're gonna. F- find someone in the pol- politosphere that fits yeah the, sometimes they take a p- politician and they're like how do we adapt this into a sitcom world and sometimes they say like we need a sitcom type character yeah who can we use yeah there, yeah that's interesting hw is yeah. hw's a really good example of that last one <laughs> there was one visual gag that i thought really worked well and the the thing is that it's not actually in an episode that aired it's in like a bonus episode that was on the DVD release that was prepared. You really went deep on this. Well, this well the the reason <laughs> I so watched sorry. this one the reason I watched this one is because it was the only like full plot line that was available on YouTube. So oh, okay, it was a it was an episode about terrible things happening with the Walter Reed Military Hospital, um, and it was held in reserve. For the episode that Dick Cheney dies of a heart attack and goes, uh, little Cheney dies of a heart attack and goes to hell and gets kicked out yeah. because he like out evils the <laughs> devil, and they had yeah. this episode in reserve in case Dick Cheney actually died of a heart attack in real life and it would have been too gauche to to they air just had that. It ready. They just had it ready, but there's the, 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 so like no no no, no. in the background. We, we... Hey, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, but I have a lot to say in response. Proceed, counselor. <laughs> Watch okay. yourself. I'm sure you noticed in a lot of the establishing shots of the White House, there's like one of those like oil drill, like, yeah, like one off of those to one like, side. Oh, like the Derricks. Yeah, yeah like and the ICBMs drink, on the other like, one. Like, like one of those drinking bird type of like <laughs> yeah, oil pumps. Yeah, yeah. The, you don't get much use out of those in the main show, but in this bonus episode, there's a there are several points where. General Tommy Franks is visiting the White House, and he pulls his SUV up and gasses up in the driveway. And when he gasses it up, <laughs> the thing starts to, like, pump faster. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, to me, I, that actually, like, I laughed at that. That's pretty good. Yeah, like, I, I thought yeah, that's, that's like, that's a really clever use. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's not so bad. Yeah, but Ben, yeah. you you had a strong reaction to what I just said. What is? I had a strong reaction because let's let's take a second to denote that Lil Bush, the cartoon that nominally is making fun of the right, primarily and then secondarily, in my opinion, making fun of the. Uh, the the pearl clutching triggered libs in the, on the center left. That's that's my that's my opinion. Let's let's take a breath to appreciate that the network that is making fun of those two parties decides that it'd be too gauche to run the episode if one of the right wing politicians that we are explicitly making fun of every episode were to die. That, yeah, specific. that is incredible. Specific. If you were wondering where the exact line was at the time, there it is. Well, specifically, I have a heart attack because Dick Cheney has been having like heart attacks since his thirties. Oh yeah, he yeah. he's he was supposed to die. Yeah. I think was in fact there was a period of about fifteen months where he 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 was alive without a pulse because he had like a an implant doing his heart for him. I mean, you can't write that. That's amazing. That's literally true. Like, he, he was, like, walking around. Like, if you walked up and, like, tried to take a pulse on Dick Cheney's neck, he's the walking dead. But <laughs> so incredible. Yeah. So, Fucking great. I think it was for that specific um, situation. <laughs> yeah, just because it's, like... That was my, my reaction was, was so... <laughs> it's just confusing. Like, yeah. they, do, were they planning to air it if he didn't die or were they planning to air it if he did like i don't understand why go to the trouble of making it if, if you don't already know if dick cheney it's a near died miss, of a do you watch the first 15 minutes i don't know yeah no if dick cheney died of a heart attack in real life they would have swapped the swapped that. The, the him going to hell after dying of a heart attack episode like plot line right. with the walter reed one i mean gotcha. i recognize that there are properties that like you have to do a bait and switch real quick as as real life kind of happens like I I know that COVID being a thing, uh, like made people need to take games that had to do with viruses off the shelves for a while in certain yeah. countries. Like there there was there is a media fallout that happens when real life events. It just it it galls me that it's specifically for the people that the show is telling us to hate. Oh, but bless the little lambs, you know, God have mercy on his soul. And yeah. and that would happen now. You know yes. that. That the majority of lefty politicians would hand ring if you know. We're just gonna bleep all that chunk. <laughs> just, 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 just in case. I don't want to. I, I, I agree. Zane. It'll be funnier with the bleep. I, I agree. You do know that it's true, though. We gotta stop bringing this up when Dan's on. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm just trying to peg him down in case we ever need blackmail for his eventual ascension to the butt to the bench. Again, we don't need. To. <laughs> no. Um. So Ben, I wanna. Um. I, I have an example of like a character. Like we we needed a place to put in this character situation that does yeah. you know uh, uh kind of criticize the as you're saying, yeah. which is in the abortion one. Um. They, they're, at the, they're at the clinic and Hillary Clinton, Lil Hillary is working there and she says like, yeah, I, I work here for fun. And it's like, okay, so that's that's the critique in that direction that we get here, which is just like not it's really, really <laughs> like yeah, they were kind of grasping. Very soft critique. It's soft and untrue. It's just like <laughs> very weird. Um, yeah, and then she makes out with Lil Condi, so all's well that ends well. 
Right. You got to remember, this was still Comedy Central. They did not have women writers for a long time. I, I will say, my favorite depiction of a character was Will Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> just for the specific point that, like, not for any of his character, but just that they didn't under, like, no one knows how to draw Bill Clinton not as an old man. So right, what was, we got was a common was, issue with a lot of these guys. <laughs> what we got was Bill Clinton as an old man as a little boy. And that's something that I appreciated. <laughs> seeing, deeply troubling image. Seeping, seeing depicted on screen. That's most of these characters, though. I mean, like, you've got well-dressed babies with receding hairlines all over the place. Yeah, with, yeah. like, caricature-level <laughs> faces. But it's really inconsistent where some of them, you know, the, little Bush... Because they decided to make him like a fat little guy, doesn't doesn't really closely look like George W. Bush. The, the Whereas a lot of like no, a lot the of the the, the, the little Dems, yeah, like you look at little little Obama and yeah. like they did not spare the caricature artist. They're like, let's go down to the pier with a picture of Obama and see what see what they come up with. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Saying. It's all over the place. Little Al Gore looked more like Al Gore than Al Gore. I don't know what to do with that sentence. <laughs> you chop it up and remix it. I don't care. <laughs> Tiny Kucinich actually did look a bit more like a child. I think because Dennis Kucinich already kind of looks like a giant kid in his dad's suit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is it bad that I want to see how they would adapt like modern politicians to this style Ooh. like how, where news. they would put them in? I have great news for you. They do that with, uh, well, I guess it's not really an adaptation so much as a no, it, it's it's they don't do the high school AU thing with right. um our cartoon president. It's just it's just it, I mean like it's it's more of the same. It's making fun of politicians we hate, but and and you know the the right wing ephemera that kind of goes along with them. But um they do depict in cartoon form a lot of uh a lot a lot of modern stuff, which which I mean goes down I, a little bit see, easier. I want to see the same treatment in like. Oh yeah, there's this this calling out of hypocrisy, but also like this little show about these little dinguses, um, where like th- this is this was kind of the famous like South Park paradigm when when Trump was elected, which is like we can't do anything more outrageous than just quoting what the guy said. Yeah, and that was just a real shift in the comedy landscape over the past few years that I don't think we fully recovered is the wrong word, but like we haven't yeah. adapted yet. Yeah, we have, haven't really incorporated the notion that when when you're making comedy, audacity or absurdism is sort of like we want to push it as far as it can possibly go, and like mm-hmm. we, we haven't really recovered. I think you're right. I think recovered is the right word. We haven't really recovered that limit. We we haven't. There's nowhere to push it other than an orthogonal direction. You you can't go further in that direction. There's nothing out there, but it's a dust bowl out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it, the, all the jokes have been mined out, so you have to go to an orthogonal direction, get ironic or or subversive or something. But you you can't just be. And then he was stupider, and or and then he was more <laughs> evil because there's just nowhere left to go. Yeah. I will say our cartoon president. I watched like most of the first episode. It's not bad. It's really? it's like it's like fine. Like it, I'm a weirdly surprised. weirdly fine. Yeah, I mean like and granted I was coming off the tail end of Lil Bush when I went and watched it. Sure. And you know what? Maybe it's because I've seen depicted as a cartoon 
and like and because my brain has to accept trump as a joke that like it went down smoother yeah i was just constantly hearing billy west doing the zap brannigan but saying um oh yeah saying trump lines (laughs) it's very it's very similar to the comedy there Dan, I don't know. Are you like, is there political comedy or political entertainment that you engage with today? Like that, you know, it either draws a line to this or just like stands in contrast to it? No, no. Yeah. I, I think reality yeah. is is crazy enough that you really, there's nothing that really measures up to it. Um, also, I think that political comedy like this is so doomed to age poorly that it's not really like you're really just consuming it for your own like (laughs) i agree with that yeah exactly of it yeah it's like i i i i i I don't have time for 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 that i don't know i'm I'm, I'm not even sure what's out there really so yeah I, i mean i went and looked and like most of the political cartoons that i found were either explicit reference stuff like this in our cartoon president or stuff that was just like subversive enough to have a political message that wasn't just we hate the other side it right. was more Which, yeah it was, it was and, uh, and more let me be clear i do hate the other side like that that is true <laughs> i just don't want a cartoon about it i let let lo, let no listener think that ben does not hold a deep amount of rage in his heart the rage has to go times. somewhere if it, if it doesn't go out, it, it stays with me, and that's not good for me. Yeah, and that's what I care about. about that. <laughs> no, but like it, it's no, I get you. It, yeah, it, it. I just don't want it in my cartoons. I I guess because like my my comedian brain is already trying to make jokes of terrible shit all the time. Like I I kind of already I'm already there. A good mm-hmm. amount of the time. Yeah, I think that's you true. Know, like, yeah, like most of it is in my head already. Like I don't need a cartoon or a show or something yeah. like that to like spew. I it can't back watch the news. Me. I have to listen to you know. I have to listen to semi comedy podcasts to in- engage with my with my news. I I don't. I can't have it neat. I need it cut with something. Right. Yeah. It's it's. I'm trying. I'm trying to delineate this from what is available today. In that like. A lot of stuff, you know, you think of uh, really popular stuff like John Oliver, where it's like, hey, I'm going to tell you this this thing that's happening in the world and I'm going to spice in, you know, put in some jokes versus, yeah. hey, we're doing a joke thing and it's going to be connected. Like, this is a weird middle ground that I don't well, I don't really see anymore. How, how did we do it before this? Right. There there would be I mean, like before even like SNL, like which which is nominally similar stuff but mm-hmm. maybe more tastefully done and wasn't animated um but like how did it happen before then it it was you know i guess like talk radio or um political comics are the only thing that i can kind of bring to I, mind i guess it's been pretty similar yeah it's just just the levels of it's, it's just a, a scale issue the pi- yeah may, maybe it's just that the oh, i'm sorry go ahead the piano playing political song parodyist who will take popular songs of the age and turn them into the, political the tom lehrers of the world yeah yeah they're still out there huh. living in dc you occasionally see like some some goof in a suit who plays the piano will be doing a show i haven't been to one but you see it occasionally it's like damn the political humor of the day 
It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, the 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 Washington Monuments or yeah. or uh, God, what's the name of the other thing? I do know that they like there. Uh, this is something I've referenced before, but like there are um, like back in the '60s, there was like a lot of comedians that would talk about the the kind of reaction to the 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 '50s corporate plastic cardboard copy lifestyle that a lot of like Americans found themselves in like the suburbia that mm. kind of nested there and created the sixties reaction. The, um, so- someone Levitt, um, I, I, the, the guy who came up with Levittown, um, but I, I can't remember what his name was, but he, he did a, like a fairly, he did a fairly famous comedy bit about how all the houses look the same because right. it's a suburb. That was the that was the tenor of jokes in that era, <laughs> by the way. So I let's let's briefly talk about little Jeb because I don't think we mentioned him. Man, I forgot. I, I love little Jeb. He's not. No, don't 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 fall into that trap. He is not even tagged not even as a character. little. He is tagged just as Jeb Bush. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like if you look at like look at the Wikipedia, you've got the little everybody is, yeah, yeah. and then it's just Jeb Bush. I didn't even realize that's, that. That's so good. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And I love like this this like bumbling younger brother archetype because it's such a beautiful through line to like the please clap video. <laughs> yeah, once God, we actually got to know once show we... notes. Because he's he was in a he was obscure for a long time. <laughs> he was just known was... as like the governor of Florida when the two thousand election right. happened. But then we got oh, to know probably him. nothing happened with that, right? Yeah. That was probably unrelated yeah. to how things shook out. But then we eventually got to know him. <laughs> I'm not sure it. He, he's. I'm not sure that he, he measured he, up. His brother. Yeah, he's, he's I, definitely he, his brother's he's, brother. It, it's. I mean, like, is it, he's not like this. This is. I mean, like, this is just straight up like weird ableism. Yeah. In the way that Comedy Central apparently gets away with. Like yeah. he, he he behaves like a special needs kid. Yes. Like uh, yeah, in, in, in a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty, and and he's there for physical comedy. Like that's what he's there for. But he's right. he's essentially the same kind of caricature as um a a, a little rummy. Yeah. Just like I don't know, man. We need someone else in the family. Well, uh, the idea and, of like, what if we had an even less capable George Bush? Was, We're just was, I like, think, the, the, we the recognize idea. he has a brother. What can we do with him that doesn't pull focus? Right. Yeah. Like, how can we make him a non-character? Other than the episode. Well, other than the one. That's a way. Yeah. Other than the one episode where he gets hit in the head with a frying pan and then begins to yeah. act normally and intelligently and begins to criticize his father's policies. And then. Yeah. I, I, I read about that. Yeah. yeah. And then they try to do like, uh, I don't know if you've seen like the three stooges bits where they try to train the stooges to be gentlemen and so they bring in this mm-hmm. pro who tries to train jeb bush to be an idiot again and it fails yeah, it's, it's it's the reverse pygmalion yeah yeah oh, it completely man. fails and when they realize that this entire project has has been a bust barbara just hits him again with a frying pan and Swag. he's back and he's back to his old classic sitcom plot mentally disabled <laughs> self <laughs> Now, now that we're talking about classic sitcom plots, can I can I bring up a joke that I actually found genuinely funny? Sure. Uh, at at some point, um, I think in the first episode, they want to give 
H.W. like a good Father's Day present. So George Bush goes to Iraq so that he could find a heartwarming story so that not all the press coverage will be garbage. Right. In isolation, kind of a funny joke. They bring back a a, 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 wo- a wounded Iraqi orphan. Um, okay, let, let's move on yeah. from that. <laughs> uh, fast forward, Jeb kills him with a hug because he wanted to hug someone. And then George, and then little little Bush says, wait, I think I got an idea for how we can still sell this to the press. Do you guys ever seen Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> yeah. And then they cut to, man, Lil Bush, that was a great idea. Holding a White House screening of Weekend at Bernie's really made the press. They're uh, all watching <laughs> it. They're all laughing at it. <laughs> don't don't hit your really head, Dan. Joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> I... I want to, that is really good. I want to point out, um, you know, just kind of wrapping up my conception of where the American uh, comedy scene was at this time. Yeah. Dan, with your example, the idea that all a person, all Jeb needs to criticize the his father's platform was to get smarter, right? That was the idea, like, oh, the, yeah. if only these people were smarter, they'd be more liberal. Yeah. And then Ben, he, pointing out, like, hey, even if we are criticizing, um, you know, this governance, we're not actually treating these people we ostensibly care about as people. They're just a weapon to use (laughs) for our side. Like, those are really jarring examples of where the discourse has gone since then. I don't know. That that just really struck to me as um, how this is of its time. Because I don't think either of those would work right now. Talking about this show in in pieces and kind of like recognizing, okay, some of the jokes are good. Okay, some of the political discourse is kind of on the money, even in this kind of perverted way. Mm -hmm. You're you're kind of selling me on the concept. Like, I'm not sure that this... And seeing our cartoon president, it's like, okay, it's, it's still bad, but it's a step up. Like, the writing is better and, like, the jokes are punchier. It's less focused on having a sitcom B-plot because we kind of moved on from the need of that. Like, there's a good show in here somewhere, It, it but it, it does need, like, this needs to be scrapped, like, and, and redone and a fresh coat of paint and possibly multiple fresh coats of paint as the administration changes. Like, there's, there's enough in here that I think is not unsalvageable. Because there's raw material, right? Like, this is why the John Stewart's and the, and the political commentator comedian, um, because there's always more stuff to talk about and more things to put into this lens. And at yeah. that point, it's just like raw material for your standard joke telling format. I mean, the, there have been so many casualties of the 24 hour news cycle that it would be a shame if we couldn't at least salvage some comedy from it. And <laughs> right. And like, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I I thought of this show very dismally uh, while I was watching it and at the outset of this podcast. But now I'm kind of I'm remembering parts of it and parts of our discussion. I'm like, there's there's something here. There is there is something here that is that can be worthwhile in in a different in a different time in a different land. Uh, it isn't there yet, clearly, but. Uh, but it, the more we talk about it, the more I think that the nail in the coffin 
is a very singular one, which is just the references are dated. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the the, in I, I agree with you, like in the cases where the references are not dated, where they're still relevant, a lot of the jokes still work. So, for example, um, when Al Gore builds a time machine to show Lil Bush what the future looks like if we don't do something about global warming. And it's a, you know, the the world is flooded or whatever. And Bush and his friends are just like, wow, this is just like a huge water park. Okay, let's go back in time and make sure that we don't fix global warming because we want this cool water park. And then they go to like this... um you know, like benefit concert uh, against global warming, where the Red Hot Chili Peppers, as voiced by the real Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> no, where in their cartoon adult child bodies with socks <laughs> is all they're wearing. Yeah, I do remember. Are that. performing. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, as long as global warming's still a thing, this setup still works amazingly. <laughs> Can I also mention just? little tidbit that i i found enjoyable there when the the cast the little cast comes yeah, out for the musical number on there with, with with the with the red hot chili pepper with it they all have the cock socks as well mm-hmm. except for little condi who's just wearing a one piece they're just like i don't know man we we can't we, we have can't, limits too <laughs> we, we can't do this <laughs> we, we can't <laughs> It's really the fault of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for not thinking about how they could make a unisex sock crotch I, I don't, cover. I don't. I don't think. I think. I, <laughs> I think it's a think, failure of I imagination on Flea's part. Enough mud onto the Red Hot Chili Peppers through the through the course of this podcast. That's game. the problem with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole. That was to label. I was to levy one complaint. Um, yeah. I, I don't um, know, Dandy. Do you? Do you feel how do you, how do you feel antipathy in of, toward the red hot chili peppers? <laughs> I mean, of course you do. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a red-blooded American. <laughs> he knows what side his bread is buttered on. Um, no, but like do do you think that there is worth here or is this just uh, like is this whole a thing relic. just uh, uh, just a relic, just a scrappable relic? I think that Is this worth bringing to Antiques Roadshow? That this this show is not no. It's it, it's a relic. <laughs> I, I really do think so. Like the, the 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 redeemable parts are so few and far between that. I guess that isn't coming through in the conversation, but they, yeah, that's true. They're very few and far between. There are good jokes, mm-hmm. but it's it's like the entire premise and the entire concept is just so like. I hope you were taking notes during the 2000s <laughs> when you, yeah. you yeah, watched this show, kind of because exam. otherwise you were probably it's not like going to get much. <laughs> it's like what Ben said with uh, with SNL. Like, yeah, some jokes are going to hold up, but if you don't know what was going on that particular week, man, like, and it's um, a thing that lends itself really easily to stand up, mm-hmm. and not so well to because half that of, you have to. Because every day, a, half your joke is written for you. It's well, it's one person who's right. who's developing their material, and they can be, you know, flexible and and dexterous and 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 nimble with the with with the with the news that comes in. A cartoon, and even The Daily Show, can be nimble. Oh, yeah. A cartoon requires months and months, if not years, <laughs> of right. like work and preparation. You can't you can't do it on the fly. It. That's why uh, it's still amazing. Working myself I, into whenever a froth. I think, whenever I think about the limits of animation, 
I think back to in 2008, the South Park episode where the election was on a Tuesday and South Park had their episode ready on Wednesday with the correct president, you know, in the plot line, in not a small feature. Yeah. Damn. Um, but yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning the reason that they were able to do things at least somewhat quickly on this is because it was done in flash animation, um, which is how you did it fast and cheap in the early 2000s. Um, I thought it was choppy, uh, but the character models were consistent, which I think is necessary when you're doing caricature work. Any thoughts on that? I'll say it again. I think little George. I think little Bush is just fucking cute. I think like <laughs> he's, he's adorable. Little goober. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He's yeah. Visually, he's get a plushie. He's a very. He's nicely neutered from his actual real world harmful like counterpoint. Yeah. Where like he's he's just kind of a ador- an adorable little dipshit. You know, like <laughs> right. It could be any dipshit. Yeah, and I I this could be I, Billy from Billy and Mandy. Yeah, and I yeah I go on record on this podcast of just appreciating you know doughy little goobers yeah, i'll take that i'll take one um the, the rest of the characters models are, are fairly non-offensive it, it don't try to go over the top like it does feel very of its time or of yesteryear like i i don't need cgi i don't need camera rotation i don't need any like cell shading like it just give me i i'm very comfortable with all of my cartoons being 90s cartoons with 20 with with 2010 onward writing like th- that is actually fine for me mm-hmm. um i know that not everyone feels that way but like competently done with the tools available you pass i have some good news for you about uh family guy no you don't <laughs> actually <laughs> have you heard the good news <laughs> uh what, what do you think about the uh about the about the the overall like presentation Aesthetics, uh, animation yeah. and and such dan uh yeah no i think that you know it's the the actual presentation of it you know it's fine i, I think that it works uh, i do think that little bush is a very cute character like they they give him blush like that is like <laughs> like he yeah. they, they they really put a lot of their energy into making him uh like Cute little waddling egg, with sh- yes. w- with a w- with a suit with shorts. Like it's just a like suited mm-hmm. egg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is jarring to see all the receding hairlines on the other characters, like like little <laughs> Cheney, you know, all that. There's other stuff going on with him though. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> enough. There's enough to chew there's on. Plenty going on with the little Cheney. Um, but yeah, no. I, but you're I think... not watching this show for the cute character models. Look, what, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah. are they inoffensive enough to let you watch the rest of the show? Yeah, or... like it wasn't a visually offensive show. I'll, I'll say that. I'll just leave it. That, that 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 listen. That's all the that's all the support I need from you, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. The least of the least offensive part of the show was the visual presentation. <laughs> did, how did you feel about the musical interludes? Out of curiosity. Um. Because the a, notion of a musical interlude screams failure of concept to me. They didn't. But, they didn't jump out at me, good or bad. They just kind of happened for a brave, yeah, very they, brief they, moment. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Um. You know. They. They did style parodies, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. They did it well enough where it. It itself wasn't really a joke. Um. They did one when um in the Scooby Doo episode where. 
the little Dems dress up as the ghosts of the founding fathers. To I cannot them... believe I didn't watch the Scooby Doo episode. Oh <laughs> to to make them reconsider. Nick their is going to be so upset with me. Um, they they do a musical uh, in the style of like the '60s Scooby Doo. Um, you know the monkeys in that, and it starts with the line, "We're a lot like Scooby Doo, but not enough to sue." And I think that's how they approached every musical number, which is like, guys, we're doing a Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. It can't sound exactly like Californication, but it it can be pretty close. Yeah, get, get this in a major C, maybe, please. <laughs> um, yeah. And the intro uh, to the show is like that, um, you know, distorted, like it's... Um, you know, it's just like classic, like, we're, doing, we're telling an American story, but it's a little twisted. Yeah. Like, it's, it, what, yeah. it's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it does kind of feel like the announcer of Six Ad World was doing kind of a, doing an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, have no, I have nothing else to say about this show. It's trash that I enjoyed more than I thought I would, which is still a very small amount. But, uh, uh, I don't know, it... It's good to like look at the different eras in animation to see what could they do with with their political dissatisfaction. Like were they tuned attuned enough to the media stylings at the time that they could create content like this? And the answer was not yet. Yeah. Um yeah. but you know, they are improving. Uh maybe that's just because Comedy Central has been in the cartoon game enough. Um, maybe that's because the tech has come along. Maybe that's just because we're more used to laughing and pointing at our elected officials. I don't know what the, the answer is, but you know, it, I won't immediately thumbs down any political reference cartoon that comes my way in the future. I will at least give it a shot sure. and damn it, little Bush, you're going to have to take that as a W, a W, a George excuse w. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got, yeah. I got there, Zane. For, for for my part, um, you know, on the the political commentary spectrum, like even then, I was like, this seems pretty toothless. You know, the same way that I feel about uh, our cartoon president today, um, and about a lot of you know the political comedian stuff. But um, on the craft level, like you know, on the curve of Comedy Central animated originals, you know, I've seen worse. More, yeah, I, I've seen a lot worse. It, it got enough hits for me to to. Give me an overall positive vibe. I think when you're dealing with the actual aesthetics, all you're trying to do is, does this does this carry the references? Mm-hmm. And they, they did succeed at that. It just sucks that the references sucked, and it didn't lead to actual comedy. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Dan, you got anything else to say? Uh, the show was dusty when it was aired, and it's only gotten dustier as time has gone on. Um, you know, <laughs> no since, arguments here. since we've talked about it, it's, you know, a visually well-crafted show, you know, it, it was, you know, a good piece of animation, but yeah, I think that it could have benefited from coming about maybe a few years earlier and, um, maybe not tried yeah. to cram the entirety of the Bush administration into one string of jokes to kind of get back to a point that I kind of dodged at the beginning, um, like, the way it kind of compares to other political satire is like that I'm familiar with. It's take your standard single panel political cartoon from a relatively partisan newspaper 
it has to be the same like sledgehammer level of subtlety that this show is, but this show is right. like one single panel political cartoon about one particular grievance after another for about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a flip book. Yeah. You know what I you know what I'm th- I don't know if this is going to going to translate particularly well from my brain to your ears. <laughs> but um Shoot, try me. <laughs> there's a if it damn it oh god it was just there what the fuck what were you just saying dan say it again <laughs> political cartoon comic Sing- stretched yeah flipbook. Sing- single panel political cartoons strung together for 20 minutes oh yeah it, yeah it it does make me think that so so i talked about other political cartoons that like didn't have as much of a quote-unquote villain or a partisan bent to them it was just sort of this is modern life this is what's kind of fucked up everyone hates the tsa that kind of thing you know yeah. uh, more inoffensive kind of 90s fare uh as 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 these things go what's the deal with airline food but for cartoons um it kind of makes me think that when you're trying to craft a cartoon like this is very lowest common denominator shit where like the end result the like the cartoon here is just a delivery mechanism. The end goal is to deliver. We want to communicate to our audience that, yes, they are right to disdain these same people. And this this feels like a very long-winded way to do that, at least for Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah, especially because but, they were also doing it every night. But, like, as a person who reveres cartoons, I kind of have higher standards for my cartoons. Like, this this feels like it's... It's beli- it this kind of joke delivery mechanism. Like I feel like um, I feel like it lowers the medium almost. If, if you're going to put <laughs> in all belittling. the effort to make a cartoon, it should be one that stands the test of time, at least for somebody. And yeah? if you're going to make a like good political humor, it should be able to stand as a stand-up routine or as a. It 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 shouldn't need filtering there, through there, comedy. There cross purposes a bit through through, through cartoondom. Yeah, they 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 don't feel. I mean, like. I'm not saying that there can't be good synthesis, but as it stands right now, I struggle to imagine a cartoon that has this level of reference that isn't designed just to carry the references. Like I, right. I don't know if that makes sense. I would. I lost the thread of my own plot line. The way that I'm kind of taking the thing I'm taking away from that personally is like I could go back and watch a Lewis Black comedy special from like 2004 or six where he rants for 45 minutes about most of the things that this show lampoons and that stands up more than this show. Like, because he's talking about like things that are still problems. Yeah. Not even, it doesn't, it doesn't require that. Like they, they bring you into the thing that the stand-up specials do is that they bring you back in time. This yeah. one does not. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Louis Black complaining about, like, why are we attacking Iraq instead of Iran? Uh, like, and, and, and making the commonality of, like, I feel like it was like what Cheney was doing in the, in the you know, <laughs> hunting quails. Like, Iran, 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 Iraq! You know, like, whatever <laughs> right. that bit was right. that I'm sure you'll, we'll be End able to show. find a, a clip of. Yeah. I can be brought back to that moment because he can do the setup. 
he's he's the crafter of that entire amphitheater, yeah. right? Like yeah. he even if the joke doesn't age well, the context of this is stand up and I'm telling you a story, here is my narrative. It's it's it, it, it's it bypasses to be the for that. It route. bypasses the you had to be there aspect <laughs> of Political references, or, yeah. or at least, or at least subsidizes it through a comedian. Like I don't yeah. know why that's different than subsidizing it through a cartoon, but it, the difference feels real to me. Yeah, and you know that's that's looking at its shortcomings as a cartoon and a work of reference, and then on the political satire scale, you know, if you want it to have legs, it all needs to have teeth. Um, no satire has ever surpassed a modest proposal. Where the author just says, "Well, what if we ate babies?" Because like, that's a that's a criticism. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that works. This it's is right just like, the point. man, it these people, the these people who don't have any power anymore. By the time this comes out, sure, we're dumb. Ah, does, doesn't yeah. quite doesn't quite sell. Uh, I, again, it feels pandering. Like I feel like I'm being led by the hand to the point that they're trying to get to. Yeah, like they're they're not letting me kind of. It's it's not incisive enough to have that modest proposal, but it's also not clever enough to make me think that this is a good South Park if you take away the references, you yeah. know? Also, yes. the fact that you t- told me that something both had teeth and legs is an image <laughs> that's very hard to get out of my brain. Is it like the Baba Yaga's hut? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to go farther <laughs> than teeth and legs. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we know about it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting, like, microcosm of decisions that seem baffling looking back yeah. dan uh, this is my last question i just need a yes or no do you understand why i felt like i needed to talk about this show yes <laughs> okay i guess i'll ask I one more do you still respect me as a person <laughs> yes i do Ooh, a lot of a lot of <laughs> that still is doing a lot of work but <laughs> yes i do i'm I'm, take it. I'm here for the art thank mm. you thank you yeah it's I, I appreciate that you were willing to slum it with us for yes. this particular show. Thank you it, for your not, art and your craft. This is not quite a Tim Burton. It was a whirl. <laughs> it was a whirlwind, and I wonder if it would have hit differently if I didn't binge it. So, yeah, I don't. I still don't know why you do that. Like, I, we must have told you time and time again, you don't need to watch all of it. Please. I know. I mean, there wasn't but a lot. I don't want to get caught. I don't feel like you do know. Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't want to get caught in a situation where, like, I am asked to talk about an episode that I didn't see. So. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, you shouldn't be yeah. a host of this podcast, just so you know. <laughs> well, Ben. That's why I'm only um, a guest. For our, next couple, for our next couple of things, we will want to watch all of it. Um, do you remember what we're doing next time? It's an anime. I I know it's an anime. It's dark. There's little girls. Fooly cooly. Nah. Clan ad. It is Poela Magi Madoka oh, Magical. Oh yeah, I didn't remember that one. I need Never to learn mind. how to pronounce that. Yeah, the, the magical uh, girl anime. Yeah, the thing that dares to ask: What if Sailor Moon was kind of fucked up? <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't watched it, um, but I did watch a, a show that was very much inspired by it, and I thought that was very, um, you know, engaging and interesting. So I, I want show? to. Um, uh, it's called Yuki Yuna is a Hero. It's okay. the same thing, but with smartphones. Um, sort of a modern <laughs> retelling. 
Japan, get your shit together, honestly. <clears throat> well, they activate an app that gives them superpowers, no! but it also makes them immortal, and they can't kill themselves. Even Dan, what are your thoughts the pain on of experience? <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. Then, um, Anything's possible in, in Anime Land. It's true. Uh, yeah. Zane, what's what's after the magical girl anime that I can't movie pronounce? movie time? Movie? Ben, we're gonna watch Muzzy. Yeah, time for the Muzz. Time for the Muzz, and uh, Nick and Bree, I believe, will be joining us for that. Nice. And Ben, I am I am going to say um, that we because it's a short film and it's not terribly complex. Uh, I recommend that you watch it once in Spanish. English and once in whatever um, language you you find inspiring. Yeah, Dan, this was one of those like uh, th- this was one of those early movies for kids that like um, is kind of teaching them basic secondary language skills. Ooh, that's that's interesting. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, and with pretty good visual humor as well. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it it's pretty fun. Uh, the main monster is essentially a Sully from uh, Monsters Inc. Except he's less verbose and eats clocks. <laughs> he does eat clocks, doesn't he? He does eat clocks, yes. <laughs> that's a central plot point. Yeah, yeah, that's more character than Lil Condi had. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the Magical Girl anime that apparently we were going to watch, as well as Muzzy. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to us gripe about the mid-thousands uh, political uh, cartoonosphere. If it's you, just so weird to look back on having lived through it. It just does not feel like a real time or place. <laughs> I don't I I think that it, I I'm kind of let Zane let's let's time capsule this shit. 20 years from now, let's or 10 years from now, let's let's go watch our cartoon president and do an updated version of this. That sounds good. Cuz like I'm interested to see if the same thing will occur. Where it will be like <laughs> why all the references though? Um, yeah, I don't know who Giuliani is. <laughs> I don't. I feel as though I will never not know who Giuliani is. <laughs> Ever since it's that weird. Borat thing came out, it's weird that two different of the same shows can represent him in so many different ways. Because at the time of this, the main joke you could make about him is that he kept talking about nine eleven. Yeah, things 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 went things went weird for him real fast. Uh, tight five on Giuliani, Dan. Oh my God. You, you don't many have faces, that. many faces of Giuliani. Cou- keeps- council, council recommends that you do not answer this. <laughs> uh, if you have anything to say about those shows or Rui Giuliani, you can go to our, uh, you can go to our contact page at fancybat.com slash cartoncast and leave a comment there. You can recommend a show for us to watch it. Uh, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out and validates our existence. And uh, more than anything else, please, good night. Sleep tight. Don't let little Cheney bite. I did kind of enjoy his verbal tick after a while. Like, once I got used to the fact that he was... A ghoul? <laughs> yeah, was like he a, supposed a, to be like a, like a was, vicious was gremlin? Supposed to be like the Hamburglar and that weird like impotent menace? I I think so. It's interesting to like pair the most non impotent, the most impotent menace in the in the entire cosmology of the McDonald's franchise <laughs> with a literal like. Live chicken devouring, like <laughs> you know, cryptid that is apparently allowed in high, in in elementary school. Yeah, I'm just saying, I can't see a difference. 
<laughs> that office pic they're the same picture. <laughs> it would take an hour and a half to learn everything there is to learn about missiles. I think I know most of it anyway. My wife, Ivana, is a brilliant manager. I will pay her one dollar a year and all the dresses she can buy. I think the only difference between me and the other candidates is... I'm more honest and my women are more beautiful. I build the best buildings and I'm the biggest developer in New York by far. While that's real estate and this is politics, are they really so different? Usually, if I fire someone who's bad, I tell them how great they are, because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. My fingers are long and beautiful. That's been well documented, along with other various parts of my body.